Welcome, everybody, to the newest episode of the Basement Lounge VIP table, where we are sitting down uh, with a VIP guest. And uh, this guest is a broadcaster and uh, news anchor here in Dayton, Ohio, and he is one of the uh, evening co-anchors for Dayton 24-7 Now News. Uh, he is Adam Arrow. Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. The fact that you call me VIP is such a compliment. I know, right? <laughs> I wish my family called me that. <laughs> you know, what's great is the chair you're sitting in used to be part of the old, uh, before you were there, the old yeah. morning show set that we had. Oh, did you just get it? Nice. These, these are like, there's a whole bunch of these, a whole bunch of morning show, sh- morning show set down in the basement. And <laughs> when I was moving and I needed some furniture, I called Amy and I was like, can I just... I just take it. <laughs> she was like, "It's fine. We don't care. If you can, if you can move it, get it out of here." She, she was like, "It's not even on our inventory anymore. If you can, t- if you need it, just take it." <laughs> oh, nice. Well, these are very comfortable. I could see why they were. Uh, oh yeah, I, I I love them. When when we had Elise Coulter on uh, two years, uh, well, I guess it would have been it was right before she had, right before she had the baby. She was like, these chairs feel familiar. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's like the elder statesman at the station now, as far as I know, it's which is air. crazy. When I started, she was just uh she was just an MMJ. Yeah. And then she was anchoring on the weekends, and then one thing led to another, and now she yeah, she's she's been there longer than I have. I mean, I think I'm the second longest tenured on air person there. I'm gonna say yes because I only reason I say no that's because you came in right after I got hired. Oh, really? In sixteen? Yeah, you got hired okay. like f- three, four months after I got because I got hired right at the end of 2015. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense though. Because you, yeah, because you came in, you replaced Jack, mm-hmm. and were there when Deb was still there. Yep. God, I, I, I think about this sometimes because a lot of the guys in Master have been there like you know 10, 15 years, and it's the cycle of people who have. <laughs> In just the last five years alone. We used to call it the recycling period, you know, like because you have reporters and photographers will kind of cycle through more frequently than anchors do. Yeah. Or weather folks. But yeah, I mean, since I've been there in the last five years, we've had a lot. The nice thing is we have a lot of people there now that I think are sticking around for a while. So that's that's a good thing because yeah. people pay attention to that stuff. Oh, know? yeah. Well, and, you know, cause so, so like Bryn's been here for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we just lost Danielle and Molly who had been there for a bit, but um God, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember, trying to remember who all we've got now. Um, well, you think about just the morning people, the evening see the, people. See, the problem is I don't know the morning crew that well because I I work in the evenings. Well, you know Elise and Nathan. I, I know, mean, they're they're yeah. here for a while. Yeah, myself and Megan have both been here five plus years. Uh, Natalie is here for a while. I mean, yeah. you know, so you look at it and it's it's you know it's a good group. I think that'll stay there for a while, which I think is important because you got to have that trust in one another to do your job. So. I, th- I, th- I think I think the whole building's trying to get back to that, you know, because I know when you guys were going through the rotating door, mm-hmm. we were we were too. I mean, there was a point where there was like two people per shift, <laughs> and we were just kind of like, "Okay, so we're just not taking time off. It's fine. It, it yeah. is what it is." Yeah. Um. But that's yeah. I mean, that's kind of the nature of the business too. It really is. Um. So the nature of the bu- uh, the business that you got into how how long have you been doing like news and broadcasting and journalism? Well, it's weird because, you know, Megan's the same way. My co-anchor, Megan O'Rourke, like we didn't study broadcast journalism in college. Okay. We took like a mass com and I, I primarily did public relations. That okay. was my focus, political uh, science and public relations. So I actually met my wife senior year in a public relations class. So it worked <laughs> out. Um, but I didn't realize I wanted to do TV until summer before senior year, which is inconvenient if you want to take classes, of course, because <laughs> right. it's really expensive. Right. Yeah. So I... Um, so I got an internship at the CBS affiliate in Minneapolis. Okay. Uh, we're originally from Minnesota, 
and Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have as thick of an accent as my, uh, my, my wife and her family, but anyways, <laughs> um, it does come back when I go visit, but, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so we, so I did an internship and then I did uh, like the school newspaper. I basically did everything possible I could to try to get that experience wrapped up in like seven months, you know? And then once I got out of my internship and I, I tried to put together like a reel together, which is basically a bunch of standups of me, you know, with a microphone talking about this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, then I sent it out VHS tapes, uh, cause this was 2004, mm-hmm. um, to about 13 to 15 different markets. And thankfully the one in Rochester, Minnesota, which was only about 90 minutes from my folks house, wanted me to come in as an overnight producer slash, um, newsroom reporter, which is basically recycling what somebody did the night before. And, you know, just basically trying to learn how to do things. Cause I didn't know anything about, broadcast journalism. I mean, I, I knew like a very minuscule amount from that internship, but it was really like a learning as you do it type thing. Mm. But having the motivation to learn how to do it uh, helped to carry me through. And then it's just been, you know, progression since then. This is my fifth TV market. That's, that's, wow. Yeah, my wife had no idea what she was getting into. <laughs> I no. did warn her in fairness. I said, I've heard from the, the you know, the, the older folks in the business, like you move around a little bit, but it's like a mil- you move like a military family. Well, people give me that they're like, "Oh, are you in the military?" I'm like, right. "No, I wish that was uh, that so was." You, the ne- case, you never but... were. No, me no. Because you do. I will say, I've always wondered because you do. A, a, I think it's the haircut, <laughs> and also I think it's just the way you carry yourself with like a, um, like a deliberate confidence that stri- it comes across oh, as like something from that you would get like being in the military. No, I, I did, uh, did sports. I mean, I was, a, okay. I, was I mean, I, in hindsight, I wish I would have paid more attention to school. I did pay attention to school, but it wasn't to the extent that I did with sports. Like when I was growing up, I wanted to be a professional athlete. So like most of my yeah. time was spent doing some kind of what know, sport, uh, football and track. Okay. So I played running back in high school and I did sprinting and, and track and played baseball and all that stuff. So I really wanted to do that. But then once I got old enough to realize that that's a pipe dream, <laughs> then you start, <laughs> then you start to, you start to do other things. But I mean, sports were great in the sense that it, you know, gives you that sense of teamwork and the hard work and the, you know, those other values that you can gain from doing it. And so, um, I don't know, maybe that might've contributed to it. You know, um, I think my folks were good too about, you know, trying to be as polite and, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I told my parents I want to be a professional stand-up comedian, they were like, have a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to have a backup. Have you got to have a backup plan. of a backup plan is what you got to do, yeah. I think I'm on plan number four at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I went to I mean, I mean, went to school. I got the mass comm degree, but it was always one of those, like, oh, I'll get the degree, but I'm never going to use it. And yeah, okay, whatever. Well, <laughs> I never, I mean, honestly, Mike, like, I never thought I was going to do TV. Like, if yeah. you would have asked me freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, you know, what are you going to be doing? I thought, you know, PR, you know, mm-hmm. I thought at one point I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a lawyer. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I wasn't one of those kids who was like, had the fake TV and like the set, you know, at my house. Oh, like, really? Doing like reports or doing like the school report. You know what I mean? TV. Did you? See, I never, <laughs> I see, I never did that. I would, do, I would do, I would do like, like book reports or stuff in, 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 in middle school. And I would always build like a fake news set and do it like a. Oh, like, see, you were perfect then. I wish I had that kind I mean, of idea that I wanted to do that. You did like, I don't remember the, remember the book, uh, Timothy of the K, where it's the kid who gets lost on the island with the, with the guy. No, I know. I don't remember. And we, so I did, we did the book report as reporting it after he'd been found on the island and we were the news team that oh, get out of here. <laughs> yeah i like that see i wish i had that kind of thing because i i you know i i feel like i kind of fell into it in some ways but it was a lot of it was like what are you strong at i always felt like i was stronger at 
communication, speaking. In pu- Most people don't like speaking in front of people, right? Yeah, it's like, what? It's like the number one fear. It's scary as and heck, like number, right? Number, number two is death. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Number three is taxes. No, it's, it's, uh, no, it is. It's terrible. So yeah. that was always something I enjoyed. And I also, you got to enjoy people, right? You have to enjoy um, going out and meeting complete strangers and trying to develop relationships with them. I mean, that's, you know, a big aspect of doing this job. So, I mean, it all kind of fit together and, um, you know, I'm glad I did it. It's a heck of an experience though. I mean, I've lived in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Oregon, and then we went to Columbus and now here. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully here is a long time. Cause once you get to a certain age, you're like, I don't want to move anymore. <laughs> plus, plus I love Dayton. So, yeah, I mean, it's great. What we never expected. I mean, we hadn't really li- been to Ohio before we came to Columbus, mm-hmm. uh, nine years ago now. Um, but we've, we've absolutely loved it. It's, it's a state that's, it just sticks with you somehow. I don't know what it is. Well, like, it's connected to everything. That's that's true. And I don't know <laughs> if it's just the position it is geographically, but I feel like it's connected to everybody. We do have two major highways that intersect right here in Dayton. Yeah. 75 and, and uh, uh, 70. Mm-hmm. Um, because cause, cause I, I'm from like North Canton originally, and then like we moved down south, and we're, I went to college down there and all that, but like, I don't know. I always just kept refining myself, found myself referring back to life. I mean, God, I can't even tell people, people down south I met who were from Ohio, like going to college orientation. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah my family's from Ohio. I was like, oh, God, mine too. And it's like, does everybody just, are we, are we, are we that halfway point between between here and, and Florida where it's like <laughs> you leave here and then you go to South Carolina, then eventually you go to Florida to retire. Yeah. Um, but so I don't know, something, something just always seems to pull people back here once you get here. Well, it's a really, it's a, it's a great location too, because you're really within traveling distance to so many different great places, you know, mm-hmm. and we're, we're only about 13, 14 hours from Minnesota. So we can get in the car and drive up and see our folks. That's and stuff a day like trip. That. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. It's a long day, but it's a, <laughs> especially when the kids were younger, but <laughs> and I, I've, I've, I've driven to South Carolina and back in a weekend just to go visit friends or whatever, or go down for a wedding or something. It's, it, it, you're right. It is a great, and see, I'm a, I'm a big live music fan. So like when I lived down South, there were no concerts. Oh, really? Like, like the music industry just thinks the Southeast sucks, I guess, because like <laughs> nobody ever came through there. And then I moved up here, and it was like, oh my god, I have to pick which ones I'm not going to. Yeah, well, I mean, you got the Hall of Fame. I still have to get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's I've just places never I been. Really? I've been to. The, You're from Can. I know, and I and interesting, and I hate football, but I've been to the Football Hall of Fame about a dozen <laughs> times because when you when you go to school in North Can, that's sure. every year's end of year field trip as you go and go to see the archive and see yeah. all the rings and. Never been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Man, well, you got to get a day trip. Then, I huh? know, I've been, but I have been to like. If you ever go to the Great Lake Science Center in Cleveland, that's yeah. always, especially because you got younger kids. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun. I love Cleveland. I did, that's the one place I've just never, and it's it's one of those. It's like I can't believe I've never been there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you another cool thing about this business. If you know people at home are looking at getting into it, is that you really get to know a community better than I think you might otherwise and it's not it's not like a, a bragging thing it's more just you're kind of forced into it in a sense because you got to get to know the area and like i know more about bend oregon rochester minnesota green bay wisconsin columbus <laughs> ohio and now dayton than i you know than i do about my own hometown like when i look back to stillwater minnesota i don't know nearly as much about there that i do about those other places i've lived because you move around so much and yeah especially especially when it's your job 40 hours a week to learn about you know, something happens on a street in in in, in Greenville. Okay, well now I gotta learn 
about what's going on there in Greenville because it might be pertinent to what you're talking about or well if you're covering a story I mean for instance like the reporters we have now I mean they basically become experts on you know viral type of situations I mean they know all about vaccines they know all about the the RNA and the you know all the other stuff that goes along with it like you have to basically force yourself to become an expert in something as much as you can in like the span of three or four hours. Well, yeah, because you figure for a for a minute and a half news package, they're probably spending hours talking to these people and, and, mm-hmm. and learning about it. And, and you have to and, chop it down. I mean, you have to cut it down. You have to figure it out. But the more you talk to people, the more you realize as you're listening to them, you're like, okay, that's that's what I'm going to take from it. That's 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 there, and um, you know, then you're going to fill in the rest of it with just you know your voice track, but. Um, you know, some, something that people might not realize at home is there's this perception with, you know, news in general that you make a fortune doing it, which is totally, which is totally not true. I mean, you know, it's kind of like I equate it to, um, I'll, I'll give you, for instance, back in 2004, when I graduated, I got a job offer out in Butte, Montana, mm. and the starting salary was $15,000 a year, mm. which you know, it's, it's money, mm-hmm. but when you're single, you know, living alone, I mean, you're, you know, you're not surviving. Right. Yeah. So you have to, so it's basically a battle of attrition where you have to continually move up the ladder mm-hmm. until you get to those higher positions to make a little bit more money. There is money in the business, but you have to really love what you're doing because it, it, you have to get through a lot, accrue some debt and, <laughs> you know, really some really get at, <laughs> right. Some, yeah, right. You really have to, you really have to get after you have, you have to love what you do in order to stay with it. That's it's why, tough. And that's why you see some, some, so many move around so much. Yeah. You get, you get to a point in a, in a market where there's really nowhere else to go upwards. So yeah. You got to go find somewhere else where there is. And that was what happened in Columbus. I was anchoring the weekends and filling in, but you know, we had a great, we had a great main anchor who's still there, Bob Kendrick. And you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't going anywhere. So, you know, I had to kind of look around and I was honest with my boss and I said, you know, look, I love it here. I love everything about the city and and, and the newsroom itself, but I want to, you know, push myself and try something different. And thankfully in the fall of 15, you know, this job opened up. Um, so I was able to come out here, but, um, and talk, yeah. and, and, and talk about, you talk about guys who had been around for a while. You're taking over for Jack who had been in this business. You talk about doing what you love and doing for a long time. Jack had been in this business for God. Like yeah. decades. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to even think about. I remember, I remember thinking when I worked at Walmart, there were people who would celebrate like 30 year anniversaries yeah. and I'm like, sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. But, but I think in any job, I mean, we've got, we've got a guy in, in master control who's this is this year's going to be his 20th year working for working for the company. I'm like, I, I can't even, but I've also never had a job that's lasted longer than two years. So. Well, that's the other issue. I mean, I, this is the longest I've ever been in a TV station. I mean, yeah. I'm on year five now. And, and I mean, up to this point, it was like three and a half years. Um, you know, you kind of get used to that nomad lifestyle, which, you know, as you get older, it's a lot more difficult when you have kids that are in school, it's a lot more difficult. So um, yeah, it's a challenge, but it's well worth it. If you're, if you're willing to work at it. So outside of outside of the news, yeah. you know, here here and here living in Dayton now for five years, like what what what's what's a day off like? I mean, a like, day off. Yeah. I, I mean, it's basically you're hanging out with your kids. So I have three kids. I have a three girls, nine, seven, and five now. Wolf. Uh, almost three. ten. Three girls. Three girls. Yeah. I mean, the constant joke is wait till they're teenagers. Right? That's so my ten year old already feels like she's a teenager with how she sometimes will talk to us, but. Uh, we're very fortunate because they're all very, very sweet, and mm-hmm. they they get along with each other for the most part. They have their fights there and there, but 
Um, yeah, for the most part, it's just hanging out with them and, um, you know, the weekends go by really, really fast. Uh, you know, we try to explore as much as possible, but you know, with the pandemic, there's not as much that you can do. Um, are they, are they, are they super active kids? Like do they love? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they do, they, they do tennis. They've done softball. They do, We've tried wow. to get them involved in like everything they can just to try it. And if they don't like it, that's fine. We'll, you know, get them involved in something else. You guys like camping? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't personally. Okay. I, I'll, I, here's the thing about camping. So like when we lived in Oregon, it was fun because, you, you know, you're in the mountains, whatever. Mm. You'd go for like a night. I'm good for like a night. But after that, I'm kind of a wimp. <laughs> like I want to shower and I don't want right. to be smelling like campfire for like five days straight, you know. Um, OK, I was going to say I love camping. I was like, if you need something to do, just take them camping. Yeah, <laughs> just dump them off somewhere yeah. and see if they can our, survive. Well, our Job, our, our, our engineer, you know, he's 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 been at the company for like. 15 years and and his his daughter who's you know 13 but he's a big outdoorsy guy oh yeah and he was like wow like friday he was telling me it's gonna be a nice weekend we're just gonna go camping like he just goes like he just he knows where all the spots are in in ohio and he'll just load up the truck and just just go well it's fine look and i don't mean to badmouth camping it's no, fun it's just it's like not i said for everybody after after a night like i kind of want to have electricity again i mean i'm spoiled i i guess you could put it that way i'm just not that i love hiking i love all that stuff but i just there's a great hiking trail in Germantown. Oh yeah, which one? Yeah. Uh, Germantown. It's a part of the Metro Park system, and it's uh, it's got three track, three trails that are like three miles, eight miles, and like twelve miles. I oh, wow. I, I do the three, and even that's. Oh, I figured you were doing the twelve. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, God, and especially not right now. But uh, but it, it's it's a gorgeous because German Germantown is a, a nice little. Like slice of old town Americana as it is, and oh, yeah. it's, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous hiking trail. But I, I go camping every, every well, until COVID every summer in the mountains in Pennsylvania for a week. But well, and it's hard, you know, it's it's hard too, like from a social perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. we're not we're not going out, we're not, yeah, you know, we're trying to be responsible and not be like partying or whatever. So honestly, since the pandemic started, I've been playing a lot of Warzone. A lot of company. oh really yeah <laughs> yeah. Well, a big product of that is all my buddies that are in you know Minnesota and Louisiana. They uh, I'll get to the Louisiana aspect, how I'm connected there, but, um, you know, you get on the headset and it's not like we're good at the game. It's just like, you know, you can, right. you're going to talk, talk smack and like, just have fun and play. And you're, you're not, you're not talking in NATO phonetic and no, God, no, no, we're terrible. We're terrible. Charlie Tango alpha. Yeah. Like, There's some bogeys over there. No, it's, it's uh no, it's fun. It's like a nice way to like, you know, shoot the whatever and, and just have fun. And, um, so I do that. And then fantasy football, I'm, Oh yeah. Total nerd nerd ball with that. I can't. I I I, I like games. I never too make much. fun of Magic the Gathering kids because I'm like, I play fantasy football. I mean, Thank what's you. the difference, you know? Because we make fun of you guys for well, that. Because <laughs> we because we, we for for years we get we get so much crap. Like, oh you're nerds, you, you cosplay. It's like, okay, you play fantasy football yeah. and wear, wear cheese hats when I you go to football games. <laughs> oh don't hey, listen, I'm a, as a Vikings fan, I will never wear a cheese hat. All right. I did have to work in Green Bay for a couple of years, which is oh, tough. Yeah. I had to like kind of be like a secret agent, like, oh yeah, I love Green Bay. I love Brett Favre. He's great. Oh, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm living in, living in, you know, Dayton, but I'm an Indians fan, so that's fine. I mean, I feel like Dayton is like all. I mean, most people are Cincinnati based, but I feel yeah. like there's, there's plenty of Cleveland stuff. I'll go to, I'll go to a Reds game. You know, we, and, you know, we get the tickets every once in a while from work, and you know, I love going to the Dragons games, and I, I, I'm not a big sports guy, but God, do I love baseball. It, there's something about being outdoors too. I mean, the Dayton Dragons yeah. do a really good job putting it on. So family friendly, so oh, just so like much fun. it's gorgeous. Yeah, I missed that. Like last got, year was tough not having it. They got to work on their t-shirt cannon skills though. 
Yeah. The, 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 the last game I was the last game I was at, I was kind of like, and that one's on the roof, and that one's on the roof, and that one's on the roof. Nobody's getting t-shirts today, kids. <laughs> I'm sorry, we had a weak crop of interns. They couldn't they couldn't shoot it very well. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. Like with the fantasy football stuff, if you really want to see how nerdy I am, I'm in six leagues right now. Wow. Um, which is hard. Which is hard to you know to differentiate because you're kind of going against your own guys every mm-hmm. week because of whatever. And you know, like I do dynasty stuff, which is like year wow. round. Anyways, it's it's totally nerdy. So I so bottom line is I will never make fun of people who do cosplay or do any of that stuff because I'm like I have pretend football players that I care about. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're real people, of course, but right. Know, uh, yeah, I try like, you know, these, the, the guy, the guys in master used to run uh, fantasy, like, like in like little fantasy leagues and stuff. Uh, nothing like too intricate, but and they try to get me in. It was, I, I like gambling too much. So oh, do you really? that's, yeah, it's probably just for the best that I don't. Well, I mean, it, it <laughs> is kind of, I mean, it is essentially like gambling to a yeah. degree. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice way to have like some competitive stuff and trading is fun. Mm. You know, I'm sure you trade the magic cards. So sure, you know, yeah, I'm sure you trade the magic cards. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sure you do that. You trade your players. You trade that. <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's definitely the nerdy thing. So yeah. I'm to the point now where I don't really care. I mean, well, you can call me a nerd. It really doesn't matter. Everybody's a nerd in some way, Everyone shape, or form. Everyone is. Everyone's got something they're nerdy about. And if what, they deny it, they're hiding something ex- major. They, they're, they're, if they're denying it, you probably don't want to know what it is they're nerdy about. That's a, probably <laughs> a good point. That's that's a good point. It's like the people who are kind of like, oh, the government's watching me through my webcam. Well, if you're worried about it, like, if, they're, if they're watching me, you know what they're seeing me doing right now? They're seeing me doing this. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> How if exciting. If, if, if you're worried, <laughs> I don't want to know what you're doing. It's... <laughs> Like watching people through, like, yeah, it's so novel now, but yeah. Um, so in in the last couple of years, uh, you know, as as a member of, of the media, you know, things in in from the public perspective have gotten testy. Mm-hmm. Um, we hear people a lot of times, you know, talk about the media, and I'm putting the media in quotes because the way I hear people talk about it, I picture the war room from Doctor Strange Love. See, I think of like uh, Borders books. You have all like the media section. You got the CDs and the movies. And the... well, that's what the media actually. Is. That's what I always thought it was growing up. I never uh, thought uh, it was. Uh... They, they talk about a, they they talk about the media and the press like like everyone sits around a giant table. Like like how can how can how can we manipulate? Right, and, right. And how can we bias things? Yeah. Like I, I, there was a political cartoon from when I was in college. I still remember to this day. It's like. Everyone thinks that the president just does this, and it's him with two giant levers, and it's, and it's, it's one with gas, and it's gas prices, and it's one with like wages, and it's whether he wants them to go up or down or up or down. And it's like yeah. it's not, it's not, not really how it works. Like, no, but. it's not like that in media either. And I hate using yeah. the term media to be honest with you because I, I just it's such a broad brush. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so much more specificity I think that's needed for what you do, like we're broadcast journalists. Like what I do is different than a print journalist Mm -hmm. and it's different than a blogger. It's different from, you know, a vlogger. I mean, it's just, it's, it's also different as far as the way that you approach it. Now there's still some values. There's still obviously the values of, of, of fair and balanced and all of those sort of things that you have with those types of aspects, but they're all so different. Then you have local, you have national, you have international, you have cable news, you have, you know, all these different entities that, that broadcast it. And I feel like people will see it and then they, they, they paint you with that wide brush or because of your affiliation with CBS, Fox, ABC, or whatever, they equate you with, oh, you must feel this way or you feel that way or this is whatever. But like you were saying, there is no, 
table in the back of the newsroom where we're all like scheming to do that. You know, we don't make enough money. We don't have enough time. And none of us, none of us are in this because we want to try to manipulate people. It's because we enjoy, you know, holding people accountable, giving people a voice. I mean, most, if not all media organizations are highly involved with nonprofits and trying to, and and we all live in the community too. And I think people sometimes can forget that with how quickly we want to throw out opinions on social media. You well, know. it goes to like the, the the whole idea of like the anonymity of the internet too. It's like they sure. you, they see you on TV. It's like they see you as a talking head on 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 TV, mm-hmm. not as Adam, the guy who who lives in Dayton with his wife and three kids, and right. And they go to local schools and right. pay taxes and that sort of thing. And I get it. I mean, it's it's a it's an easy way to do it. It's a it, you know, it's, in my opinion, it's a lazy way to do it, but it's an easy way to do it. And we've all been guilty of it, right? Like when we look at actors or actresses or uh, you know whoever politicians i mean you know we kind of have this like idea that they're not people they're on not a pedestal but they're you know they don't have feelings mm-hmm. um you know and, and the social media unfortunately has exacerbated all of it where it's good to have a voice but it's also bad in the sense that it, there's so much negativity mm-hmm. that gets thrown out um but i'll tell you there's a lot of positivity too i mean there's so much good with the social media aspect um and i think there's definitely a thirst for you know good stuff positive stuff um, that's out there as well. But how do you feel that like with, with kind of the, you know, we, we, we've heard terms like fake news thrown around and all the time from, 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 from everyone. And mm-hmm. as somebody who, who works in that field, like how, how do you, do you feel like that's affected you in any way, just on a, on a professional or personal level? I don't, I don't think it's affected me as far as like how I do my job. I think it's more of a, you know, when I hear someone saying fake news, it, 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 I don't think it's a very, um, it's not a very eloquent way of saying what you're reporting doesn't fit what I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like when people throw out fake news, often it's, well, this doesn't, you're attacking the person that I support, or you're attacking this, or this belief system that I hold on to. You know, I think one of the issues we have now is that there's so many different outlets that people sometimes get in an echo chamber where they're only hearing what fits what they believe is the worldview. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me personally, like when I hear fit, I mean, I it only looks stupid to that person, in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, I, in my opinion, I think it's a lazy way of disagreeing with somebody. Mm-hmm. I think it's vitally important, though, I will say that when viewers are able to say, hey, this is inaccurate mm-hmm. and here's why. You know what I mean? Because we're human. We make mistakes all the time, just like anybody in a job makes a mistake. And so when we make a mistake, I love it when people are constructive with their criticism saying, hey, you missed this or you need to have this or you should explore this or do that. Mm-hmm. Not just like that's fake. Mm-hmm. It's not real. When you see that a lot, like I, whenever even in things like people talking about music or movies, when they'll say, oh, that movie sucks, that, that, that band sucks. Right. Why? Yeah, give me a give me a reason. Yeah. Like, if, if you just don't like it, that's fine. Like, like mm-hmm. I, I personally, not a Nirvana fan. Sure, it's, it's a taste issue. I say I don't I don't like peas. <laughs> doesn't doesn't jive with the taste buds, and so it's it, there's so when you say something is when you want someone to say something is wrong or they don't agree with something, why? Right. If you can't give me a reason why, you know, I'm, I'm less likely to me personally. I'm less likely to care. Well, and I mean, the way I was raised, you know, the, and I'm sure you too, is it's like, 
if you're going to be respectful and give me a, an opinion that is well thought and 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 you feel very strongly about, I'm going to listen to you. And there's been times where I've heard that and I've had to readjust and say, oh, yeah, OK, I, I see what you're saying there. Let me let me look at that. I'm totally open to new ideas and, and that sort of stuff. But when you come at somebody so aggressively, like you're, you're throwing a nuke at somebody rather than like, like giving them a nice shove, like, hey, mm-hmm. look at this. Then I have a problem because it, you're, you're kind of shutting it down before you even get started with the conversation. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But to answer your question about the fake news stuff, like I, you know, I kind of laugh at it now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but again, if someone wants to be constructive and tell me, I love hearing that. You know, do you do you often find yourself? Because and I, and I know when when you're when you're in a in a public position, sometimes it's it's hard to, as my old poli sci teacher said, weed through the crap <laughs> of you know when because for every one you know intelligent comment or tweet, there's you know ten, not so much. Sure. Um, do you find yourself kind of it, like ignoring like how like how much do you really really pay attention to like the social media? Never read the comments. Never read the comments. I'll tell you, like... It's a good rule. (laughs) I mean, especially when it comes to... You know, like on my personal page, I try to keep it very positive, like on my work page. Like I try to, you know, bring that stuff out. And 99% of the comments I get there fit into that mold of, you know, supportive or kind or that sort of thing. Now, granted, I don't post political stuff on my page or even put that kind of stuff out there where it could get into that sort of thing. Um but yeah, I mean, you see some comments and you, you know, part of me when I read them now as I've gotten older is I wonder what's going on in that person's life where they felt it was necessary to attack someone else or say something mean or do something like that. Because I personally can't imagine myself getting on to social media and throwing out some kind of comment like that and then just like logging off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you, I, I get to the point now where I'm kind of analyzing and like, well, what's going on with that? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why are they, you know, doing that? But I don't ever, I don't usually respond to a lot of that stuff because you'll never win. Right. You'll never win those conversations. I had a, I had a person send me a message. Um, this was a couple of years ago uh, through my work page where they were, they were basically calling me an idiot because of my grammar, because of something that was written for a promotion that we did. Mm-hmm. And they came out, it was like, it was like the nuke, you know, like they came mm-hmm. out and were like really like hoity toity about it. And she was right. I mean, the way that it was worded was incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's what all she would have said, that would have been fine. But I made the mistake of saying, you're right, words matter. And, you know, that was really, mm-hmm. you know, disrespectful. And, you know, I wish you would have just said this like this. And she's like, oh, I wasn't being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so then you, you can't win, right? Yeah. So I've just learned that you just you just don't respond. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time people just move on. Because so. they, they want the response. They do. And I think, honestly, Mike, the vast majority of people in the country and the world, they just want to be respected, I feel mm-hmm. like. And so when people throw out opinions like that, they want to be listened to, they want to have, you know, some people are just trolling and they want to get some kind of like excited reaction, you yeah. know, out of somebody. But, um, you know, I've always gone by the sense of just try to be as respectful as possible and, you know, listen. And, you know, most of the time you can, you know, put out the flames that way. But yeah, yeah don't read the comments. Never. Don't read the comments. If you're if you're in any kind of uh, I've had to learn whether it's podcasting or if you're if you're a public figure of any kind, never, ever read your it's just. Ugh. Yeah, it can get nasty, unfortunately. And there's no cure for it. Right. Because, no. you know, you don't want to stifle people to, to be able to comment on things. But 
something something uh, a, a guy a Christian Harloff who's a he's a comedian uh, and, and and film critic well something he said really I think rings true which is like the great thing about the internet is that everyone has a voice mm-hmm. the bad thing about the internet is that everyone <laughs> has a voice so yeah the best people in the world are able to share their thoughts but so are the worst people yeah well I mean and before, everywhere in between I mean when I started there was no Social media, like when I started in 04. Those we, were great days. They were. They were in a lot of ways, although we get a lot of phone calls, right? So you have to True. kind of, um, but uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely changed the way, you know, how things operate. But um, it's still, when you get down to it, our businesses, you get all sides, you get it all done, and you're under deadline. Um, so sometimes you have to say, well, we reached out to this person. We haven't heard back immediately. Once we do, we can update you and um, that sort of thing. But um yeah, it's a, it's a stressful business, but it's more rewarding than stressful. I'd have gotten out of it a long time ago. If <laughs> it's a weird, it's just, it's, you know, thing and thinking back to just the events of, of the last year, two it, years, really. It, yeah. It's, it's a weird world we live in where I just, I, I cannot think of a time. I never thought in my life I would ever hear like governmental proceedings referring, you know, referencing back to such and such officials tweets. Yeah, I've never heard the word like a word like tweet used so much in in official. Pers- it's it's just, but that's that's how large, that's how big and and part of life, Twitter has become now. Well, and I think one of the dangers with that, you know, besides the fact that you know you can say whatever you want, is you lessen the need for people to question you, mm-hmm. right? If you're just throwing out statements or tweets or that sort of thing, you don't have those people that are there to like say, well, wait give me some context on this. Like, where did this go? Or, you know, and I think that's the, that's the real problem is if you don't, if, if public officials are not allowing themselves to be questioned or be available, because at the end of the day, the public officials work for the public, right? Now, in fairness, we do too. And so it's, I'm not trying to be hypocritical here, but you know, people who are in charge of our government or our city or whatever, mm-hmm. they should always make every effort, in my opinion, to, to be available for questions. Cause if you can't answer questions, then, you know, like, yeah. you know, reasonable questions, not like jerkish stuff, but <laughs> there's plenty of that as well. Um, Good Lord. Yeah. And it's been, you know, it's, it has been an interesting few years uh, from a media perspective, living in, living in Dayton. Mm-hmm. When you go back to, because the, the, the uh, within the span of a week, you know, we had, um, you know, the, the KKK rally. Yeah. And then the tornadoes, which I was on the desk for. That was, I, I, I tell the story. I was, I was in the middle of like one of our guys was still kind of in training that night. And he was, he was, it was his first time working through a summer with us. And I was kind of like, Oh boy. I was explaining like, you know, like how the weather, how our, how the weather alert system in master control works. And I was like, you know, I gotta be honest. Kind of feels like we're a little overdue for a tornado. Oh, you did. You put that in the air. I put, huh? that on the, I put that on the air. Oh, boy. And then, of course, it was Monday night, which I usually don't work Monday nights anyway. And then, so, of course, like, I'm watching as we're, you know, covering the show that was on. And if, if you don't know the story, we we covered The Bachelor and our meteorologist at the time went viral because of some of the comments he made. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a great, but I was also in, in the control room that night going, like, Sometimes I wish these guys would, because we were getting all the, the viewer calls sure. and stuff. And so I was like, sometimes I wish these guys would just tell the people at home to, you know, to be quiet. Go, go, go fly a kite or something like that. And then 
kind of does. And I was like, okay, I got to stop talking because I keep putting stuff out <laughs> in the universe that keeps happening. But we had that happen. And then I, the, then of course the, the, the Oregon district shooting, I was, I literally drove driven out to Pennsylvania for my camping trip the night that it happened. Oh really? So I woke up at 6 AM the next morning to a billion voicemails and text messages from people who knew I lived in Dayton, who were just, you know, like, making sure I was okay because they didn't know I had gone camping. Um, we were in Gatlinburg. Uh, oh, really? My family and I were in Gatlinburg. Yeah, we, um, so you talk about the year that was. I mean, I think everybody at the station and all the local media really in general were very much like on edge after the tornadoes because, you know, it was such an overwhelming amount of coverage and, and, and impact in the community and on people's lives and like you're just emotionally shot. And then, so you're kind of always on edge after that. And um, I remember I stayed up late that night at our cabin in Gatlinburg, and I said, well, I'm going to watch ESPN because we don't have cable. So right. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll just watch some ESPN. And then we started getting uh, emails to our station email that were like, alert, they're called alert pages. They're basically like from dispatch saying, hey, there's a crash with a rollover or something like that. But these ones were mass shooting Oregon district or something to that degree. And I thought, okay, this must be a test. This can't be real. Right. Right. And then you start looking on social media and you're, you're looking for anything and there was nothing at first. And then it started coming in. And I remember worrying because we don't have a highly staffed newsroom mm -hmm. on Saturday nights like that, especially after midnight. Yeah. Now everybody goes home. Everybody goes home. Um, so anyways, long story short, I mean, obviously it was confirmed and I ended up staying awake till about six 30 or seven the next morning um, straight, just, trying to do what I could. And I felt like I should have been there, you know, like you just yeah. have that kind of feeling of, of craziness. And, um, yeah, it was a 2019 was terrible in a lot of ways, you know, and I tell people this when they ask, I said, you know, they're like, gosh, you know, 2019 must've been so hard. And, and it was, and it was far harder for those impacted by the tornadoes themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and for, you know, those impacted by the shooting, you know, police first responders, I can't even imagine trying to process all that stuff. Mm. Um, now, all that being said, I, I try to look at the pot, you know, look for the helpers, as Mr. Mm. Rogers used to say. And yeah. there was so much good that rose up from all of that negativity. Oh, I, I mean, I still remember with the, those tornadoes, and I did a follow up story with them. These two guys starting a, you know, a grill and, mm. and it basically became a triage where they had all this food and clothes and stuff for people in the middle of Northridge. And, um, you know, all the people that helped. Uh, you know, after the shooting and, and, you know, all the love that was shown Dayton police after officer Del Rio was killed. And there was oh, so yeah. much, there was so much good and love that rose up from all of that terrible negativity. And it was really, um, it was a lot. And I think if you ask anybody within, you know, speaking just from a media perspective, and I know our, our emotional weight doesn't compare to first responders or, right. or any of that stuff or those that were impacted by those events. But I mean, we were, you know, it was tough. I mean, there'd be days where you just find yourself just start to cry and you'd be thinking about, you know, people that you would talk to out in the field that lost their house or they, mm -hmm. they saw the aftermath of the shooting or they, 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 you know, everything that went along with it. And it was a lot to process. I mean, it was a hard, hard time. Um, and I, I've gotten better about it now, but I mean, there, yeah, there'd be times where you just like be sitting there and you just start to, you know, well up a little bit thinking about it because it was hard. I mean, it's, there's a, I don't know if you ever read, it was a comic strip called Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, yeah, I know that. There's there's one that always has stuck with me ever since I read it when I was a kid. Um, and in the comic, their house gets broken into, and the parents are just cleaning up the broken glass and having a conversation. And the mom says, uh, 
you know, this feels like the kind of thing that always seems to happen to someone else. And the dad says, yeah, but you got to remember that we are someone else to someone else. Yeah. That comic, I don't know what it is, but, but that, that hit me like I was, I was like 12 years old when I read that. And that has stuck with me ever since. And I, I, I find myself quoting that. I quoted it a lot in 2019. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause um, you know, like, so like one of our, one of our master control guys, like his, his apartment got wiped out in the tornadoes that night, you know? Yeah. He, you know, he was, he was there with us working that night and like he was on the phone with his mom and, and you'd have never guessed it either. I know who you're talking about. You never guessed it. Cause he came in to work the next several days and you never yeah. talked about every it every day, never, every day. Yeah. He's like that, that guy. I love that guy so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the shoot, like with, with the shooting, you know, I was, I was freaking out because. A, because kind of like how you were talking about, like, being away from it. Like, I was hours away in the mountains of Pennsylvania. Right. And actually, there were a lot of people who, who are from Ohio who were who were out there because it's, it's a big, like, communal camping fest thing. And there was they were having, like, posts in the Facebook group, like, if anybody wants to get together and have a talk. And pe- there, were, there were people who packed up and went home. And part of me, part of me almost did. Because, so my, a friend of mine is a bartender at Ned's. And she had been working that night. Oh, wow. She's fine. Um, girl I was seeing at the time had been down there at the bar that night, had left like 10 minutes before the shooting happened. And then my brother and his girlfriend were at the time were living above Blind Bob's, which is across the street. Sure. And so it was one of those where so everyone's blowing up my phone. You know, I call my mom, I call my brother, call everyone, make sure everyone's okay. It was one of those that was like, if I had caught a whiff, I think that anything had happened, I probably would have packed up and come because, because it also kind of just tainted the rest of my trip, which was kind of like, I just kind of just want to be at home with everyone. And well, and it was a hard few days. Cause I mean, I think sometimes we forget they had the El Paso shooting the night before. So oh, you had, right. the, you had the Walmart Jeez. shootings and one of our former coworkers, Eric Elkin was the main anchor down there. And oh, so he yeah. was, he was dealing with that. And I remember sending him a message that night saying, Hey, you know, we're thinking about you and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, several hours later it happens in Dayton. And so, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I, it, it's tough to really put it into words. And yeah. um, well, kind of, kind of touching on what you were talking about earlier about like you know, it, obviously, like it's it's nothing compared to the people who were directly affected by it. But when your when your job is to kind of meta, almost metaphorically put yourself in that position, you have to kind of, in order to understand what was going on and get the information, you kind of are putting yourself mentally in their shoes. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, you, you do find yourself that happened to me my my last year of college. Um, I was part of the we had we had a school news team and we had like built a set and all that. And mm-hmm. so I was one of the ones who was who was reporting and we had had a we had had a um a, se- a sexual assault happen on campus. And so they had me like covering it. And so I was like reading police reports and stuff like that. And this is, this is the kind of stuff that you're like, this happens on law and order. Like this doesn't happen to actual people and like reading the police report. I remember, I think I just broke down crying in my dorm. I was like, this doesn't happen to this. You cannot tell me that something, this happens to actual people. Like, well, and, and and, you know, if you're not in this business of being a first responder or a lawyer or, mm -hmm. you know, a, a journalist, you don't know. I mean, these, these police reports are horrific. And they're they're written very, and I'm not blaming them for writing this mm-hmm. way, but they're very to the point. They're very factual. They're yeah. this happened, this happened, this happened. And then when you read, um, you know, court documents and stuff like that, I mean, there's some really terrible things um, that you have because it has because it has to be on the record. Absolutely, and it's 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 not a, it's it's a it's a factual thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it 
it's it's yeah it's, it sticks with you i mean i'll be honest like there's a lot of things that we've had to cover over the years over the last you know going on 17 years now that that i've never talked about with my wife mm-hmm. because it's just i don't want to burden her with that kind of that kind of stuff i mean when after everything that happened in 2019 we had a um we had a counselor come in and we all got in the conference room and and just let loose and it took less than 30 seconds before we were all bawling and talking about it Really? I mean, that, that's, that's how much dealing with that stuff impacts us because we're all people and, you know, and I think that that's okay. I think that that's okay. I feel like I always felt like if I don't get emotionally impacted by that kind of stuff, then I should not be in television and I should mm-hmm. not be in journalism because if you can't empathize with the th- kind of things that you're covering, I don't think that you should be involved. You want to, you want to separate yourself, but I feel like you also have to have, in my opinion, the connection of understanding or at least trying to understand how someone else is feeling or as you mentioned, putting yourself in their shoes. Um, but yeah, that was tough. And then, you know, we get done with 2019 and we thought, boy, you know, see you later, 2019, 2020 is going to be so much better. And it did, it started off so well. The flyers, great. The flyers were going to go to the final four. You know? I went to one of the best concerts of my life. It was the first night of the tour. Mm-hmm. And then the next day tour was canceled. And I was kind of like pandemic. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. And that was hard too. And that was hard too. Yeah. And you know, I've I've uh, I'm glad my kids are so young now that they they're not going to remember this stuff very well, but No, yeah. You know, I always tell other people though, it's only a blip, you know, it's one year and you know, maybe more and and then we'll get past it. What's unfortunate is all the people that have had to, you know, not be able to see loved ones or not be able to, you know, deal with that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, like I I haven't seen my grandparents and since 2019. Yeah, no, it's me too. No, yeah. my, my last living grandmother. Yeah, I haven't seen her since then. It, yeah, it, it's it's uh, yeah. I I've, I I think everyone at some point in the last year has probably bent the rules a little bit. Sure. For, for the sure. sake of for the sake of not losing your freaking mind, you know. I've yeah. Throw you know, God when I was when I was house hunting, you know, every couple of times, mom and I would go and just say, let's just go sit somewhere, let's just go eat somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We went to submarine house. God bless them. They've got like shower curtains between all the tables which i love right um you know other places are are spaced out it's like you feel weird it's like i know we're not supposed to be coming out doing this but it's like if i don't go out and do something i'm gonna (laughs) gonna lose lose it it. yeah (laughs) yeah i still haven't gone to a bar yet but no and yeah i mean i don't go to bars anymore but yeah i know what you mean where it's like just something social and do something there's going to be a lot of mental trauma. I think people are going to have to work through over the next, especially if, you know, the kids not in school and all that other stuff. It's, it'll be interesting 10 years from now to look back at um, how that impact of what the last year has been like has affected people. You know, imagine, imagine being a healthcare worker during all this stuff. Oh yeah. You, you talk about, ugh. you talk about trauma. I mean, and you know, you know, there's at least a couple who were like, it was like their first freaking day. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if you ever watched scrubs, but it's like, uh-huh. It's JD's very first day, and he walks in getting pulled into a guy who's like coding on the table. And I'm like, imagine that being your first day. And like, you come in your first day at work, and it's like, there's a national pandemic going on. We're locking down the entire state. Before yeah. Getting- <laughs> Good luck. You're putting on eight layers of protective equipment. Yeah. Good luck. 
Oh man. Bless their hearts, man. Jeez. All right, let's let's lighten the mood a little bit. We've okay. we've gotten a little serious. So this next segment, guys, is sponsored by a company called Poddex. All right. Uh Poddex is an awesome company. I'm gonna pull up the script because every time I try to do it off script, I, I screw it up. As someone who has to read scripts on a daily basis, I know what you mean. Oh my god. <laughs> I used to be so good at this. God, when I was I see I originally wanted to work in radio. That was the goal. You got and the voice for it. I, I miss it so much. Well, unfortunately, that that industry took a tank. So uh-huh. they 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 the the radio industry did not evolve with the times like everybody else did. They tried to fight the internet, and that didn't end well. Now we have Spotify. Uh, all right, so this next segment is sponsored by is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you are a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience, you can get more engagement. You're going to want to check out poddex.com. And if you use the code TBL10, that's TBL10, you will get 10% off your entire first order at checkout. There's also a mobile app which you can use for $7.99 a month, which has got access to all kinds of bonus digital decks as well as... Uh, discounts in the store there's a monthly giveaway which i won last month we'll do an unboxing of that at some point here and i won i want a brand new microphone arm i mean these are it's not like you're winning stickers guys like you're like they're giving away like 400 dollars microphones like wow. so so check it out there's uh all kinds of um uh, digital classes such as like vocal warm-up social media uh tips things like that as well as an equipment guide if you're looking for a, a low middle or high budget uh boost to your studio so poddex.com and use the code TBL10 to get 10% off your order at checkout. Now, today, I think with Adam, we're going to pull the... So, you mentioned you were a sports guy. I'm I'm up for whatever. You're up for whatever? Yeah. All right. So, we're going to pull a... Uh, this is a this is a hoops. You know, bas- you a basketball guy? Uh, yeah, okay, so we'll skip that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. I could fudge it along. You're fudging along? Yeah. All right. So, let's do the... Uh, Let's let's this is this or that volume one. We'll okay. do this or okay. that volume one deck. All right. So, would you rather have? Would you rather take a cat nap or a power nap? What's the difference? Cat nap. <laughs> a cat nap is like is that. Is there like, a time thing? It's like that twenty minute. Like you lay down, you close your eyes a little bit, you get a move. Whereas the power nap is like you lay down for like an hour and kind of get that recharge going. Oh man. So I'm a huge napper, and I always yeah. have been. It's kind of sad. I, I'm sure my wife gets upset with me because I take these <laughs> naps all the time. Um, I I honestly would love power naps more than yeah. cat naps. Yeah, I think I need that extra time to just relax. It almost feels like you're kind of like meditating, where you're just like, ah, perfect. You know? I need 20 minutes just to fall asleep. You know, well, right, most of the time you do. Yeah, yeah. Some people can say they they some people they hit their pillow. My last girlfriend, she did the pillow out. Done. My wife's the same way. I, I don't get She'll it. She'll fall asleep while we're watching a TV show, yeah. But as as I've been learning in the past couple of weeks, I have a lot of sleep issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Are you more? Uh, and this this probably will apply to 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 what what drew you to your wife? Uh, nice eyes or a nice smile? Um, I think uh, I think smile. Yeah. I think you can tell a lot by a person by their smile, just like just how you know warm and friendly it is you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know and some people aren't you know everybody has a different smile of course but yeah and there's bill belichick who doesn't smile at all no uh. no don't don't hit a baseball <laughs> in his backyard no no uh doritos or cheetos doritos doritos yeah which flavor uh regular yeah it's the regular yeah, just the, 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 the nacho OG. cheese yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. all my mother hates doritos cool ranch just destroys my breath for like 10 days cool, it doesn't taste like any i don't know what flavor that's supposed to be that ain't ranch no and it ain't cool no 
I remember when I was in when I was in middle school, you'd have nacho day at lunch and it was cool ranch Doritos with like a teaspoon of like the fake beef on it. And I'm kind of like Ugh. That's that's fine. <laughs> I, that's fine. I'll take the peanut butter and jelly. Thank you. I'm good. I'll starve today. Oh. Thanks. Yeah, I'm good. Uh let's see. Would you rather go to like the Mediterranean or the Caribbean? Uh, Mediterranean for sure. Yeah. Mediterranean. Yeah. In fact, my wife and I had always talked about like, that would be like our dream vacation would be going to the Mediterranean. Yeah. We went to the Caribbean for our uh, honeymoon and uh, it was fun. I mean, it's fun. Both of them are great, but I think the history of the Mediterranean would be far more interesting. I love Greek foods. <laughs> well, that too. I mean, there's so much That's, that's where a lot of my is like, where do I want to travel? I don't know. What do I like to eat? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a big factor. Yeah. Yeah. Much uh, better food. Oh God. Yeah. There's no Greece, no good Greek places in Dayton. Mm. I need I need I need Dayton I need Dayton's food selection to to diversify a little bit. <laughs> I love Dayton, but it can't it can't all be pizza and, and pizza and Skyline. <laughs> love pizza, love Skyline. I need more. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, that one's weird. Um, some of these I'm like okay. Some of these, some of these I'm kind of like no. Uh, which <laughs> start oh start rumors or spread gossip? Uh is there a neither <laughs> they're not exactly gradual i'm a, i'm a gossipy little bitch so oh, are you really? <laughs> uh, yeah oh yeah master control is always a lot of like so mike what you got girl <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about that it's the it's the old ladies sitting with their hair in in in, in the big balloon dryers like in the 60s and uh, when i'm when i come in the room <laughs> um let's see uh okay uh okay, so, like, procrastinate or persist Oh, see, I'm totally a procrastinator. I yeah. feel like everybody in TV is a procrastinator. Because of the deadline aspect, like mm -hmm. if you give me a hard deadline, I'll get it done. It's just, it might be right up to the deadline. It you know what I mean? It will be at that deadline. You want it by 6.30, it will be 6.30 when you receive it. Yes. <laughs> if it's if it's 6.29, I'm doing something well, right? right. <laughs> no, that's a, that, that's a common thing among people in TV. Like they're very much procrastinators. Well, especially because I can hear the directors and the producers in the control room on their headsets going like, I swear to God, if I don't get that package in the next 30 seconds, or just... <laughs> Why is Adam still in the newsroom? Get out to the studio. No, that's, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's totally fine. You should hear it on the weekends. Oh, oh I can only imagine. Oh, weekends are fun. Yeah. Uh, hot pockets or pizza rolls? Hot pockets. Yeah. That was how I survived. You know, when I started in TV, I ate a lot of hot pockets, which was oh, fine yeah. because your metabolism's better when you're 22. <laughs> so, right. So. Yeah. I'm 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 living proof of what happens when you eat way too many hot pockets <laughs> early in your career, and now suddenly they're still there. <laughs> they never flush. They, ne they never go away. Oh man! Um, East Coast or West Coast? I think West. Honestly, yeah. I loved Oregon. I love like Oregon was one of the most beautiful states. Now, granted, I don't have a ton of travel experience. Like, I okay. haven't been to every state in the country. Whatever. Um, but I mean, having the mountains and the ocean and the hiking and all that stuff, it's just a different vibe out West. It's much slower. Like mid Midwest is much more like busy, busy, go, go, go. Yeah. And East coast is just like, get out of my way. Like West coast is very much like, yeah, cool. All right. I, I love to travel, but I've never left the East coast. Really? The furthest West I've gone is Chicago. And I love Chicago. Chicago is one of my favorite cities. Um, but yeah, it's the furthest West I've ever gone. I knew I was out West. So in Minnesota, for instance, like you always hear Minnesota nice, mm -hmm. which is true. People in Minnesota are very nice, but they don't want to talk to you more than the pleasantry. So if you start <laughs> talking to them about something other than just like, oh, hey, what's up? Like they think it's weird and try to get away from the conversation. I knew I got to the West Coast because I remember running into this couple 
when I was with my wife and you know, they're like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And then they just started talking our ears off for like 10 minutes. We never met them before. And I'm like, okay, well this is, this must be the West coast. Then. <laughs> you know, and we're like these Minnesota kids who were like, uh, <laughs> I said, hi. It's, yeah. Right. It's supposed to be the end of it. That's <laughs> it. Done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, curly fries or crinkle cut fries. Crinkle. Crinkle. Yeah. I don't know what it is. They, they, yeah. they, they hold the flavor better, I guess. Something. I feel like they do, especially when they have that nice burnt edge to them. Yeah. yeah. Curly fries are like, are so easy to screw up. They are. And I feel like, I feel like when you get inside of them, they're kind of like, they, they're not as cooked. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Like Arby's God bless them. Like their curly fries. I'm just not a fan. Yeah. Um, I hope that's not too controversial of a take, but. Um, no, you're not. You're not John Stewart. So, so. <laughs> you ever go back and watch old John Stewart episodes? Like it was like famous for this like ongoing fake feud he had with Arby's because oh, really? he would just trash Arby's on the show, oh. and then he would joke like Arby's was the sponsor or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I uh, well, like like with the curly fries, like so, like I I love Rally's fries. Okay, I've never eaten at Rally's. Really? No. I, I would say I'd never eaten there until I moved here. Oh, okay. I grew up by one, but my mom doesn't like them, so we never went. So when I was started working at the station and there was the one that I would drive by every and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm hungry. I'm just going to stop again. I was like, oh, these are holy crap. These I've gone this long without the, oh, geez. Okay. But it's the fries. Like the burgers are great, but the fries are like, it's like that perfect cross between like a, a curly fry and a regular French fry. Cause it's got that seasoning on it, but they're, but they're cooked. Oh man, I'm gonna have to try that. <laughs> their, then. their fries are good. Yeah, I'm a French fry guy. I love French fries. This is fun. This is this pod thing is fun. What is it called pod? Pod decks. Yeah. yeah. What great. else do they do? They do this or that or what else? Is so, going? so there's a whole bunch. So I'll pull up another one. So we've got this. This deck here is. Um, you say there's a superhero one. It's a superhero deck. Let's pull that one up. We'll see what this one's like. I love. That's another thing I love is like I just finished Wandavision. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers here. No. I promise. No, but but I you, love it when Batman shows up. Well, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, but, man, that was well-written. There oh, were some so lines in that show where I'm like, man, this is a Marvel show? Oh, man. I yeah. love, I love, so at this point, it's been a few weeks. There's an episode where they're spoofing early 2000s. Like, Mal- Malcolm in the Middle and like, stuff? Well, not even that one. Like, The Office. Oh, uh, yeah, Ma- yeah. Modern Family, the fake reality show style shows. Uh-huh. The way she made, the way that she was spoofing Claire from Modern Family throughout the whole episode, <laughs> I was crying, <laughs> laughing every time she was on. That show was, and which is weird because when I heard they were doing that show, because I'm such a huge fan, I was like, I didn't get it. I, I was not interested no. at all. I'm like, what the heck is this? I don't understand. And now, now I'm like, but I also look back and I'm like, I also want them to do a season of just Wanda Envision in the 50s. Like that show, <laughs> I just want that show. I want. That was great. It I was, loved. It was fantastic. Now, now, but that was the one I was like the least interested in seeing, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm so glad I watched. It was so good. Oh, it was excellent. I mean, I guess you should expect it from the Marvel universe, but my goodness, <laughs> you think like, I'd stop doubting them by now? <sighs> the day, the day I remember the day they announced, I was in college, and we're doing this movie called Guardians of the Galaxy, and it's no. about it's about Chris Pratt and an alien princess and a talking tree and a talking raccoon, and I'm like. This okay, stupid. sure, whatever. <laughs> and it's still one of my favorite movies to this day. It's excellent. I got to, I, I, I need to, but every once in a while they have some idea and I'm like, that's ah, not going to work. Well, and then God, Endgame was like emotional terrorism. I felt like I was crying <sighs> the whole entire movie. Like half of, half of us in Master Control went to go see that together. And we were all just like, you're just like, uh, uh. Uh, I, remember, I remember when cause we all went to go see Infinity War. And after it was over, we all just oh. kind of sat in our seats for hours. We didn't move. And I was just kind of like, I need a minute. 
<laughs> and then Endgame was the same way. It was just like, I need a sec. <laughs> well, and after seeing WandaVision, don't you have an even greater appreciation for Infinity War and Endgame? Mm-hmm. Just like the emotional pull of of all of that? Oh, it. I did not expect to feel. Because the way they pitched it was the whole, like, it was them spoofing the TV shows. And I thought that's all, all it was going to be. Yeah, and I didn't realize the actual intricacies of the plot at all. No. Shame on me for I told that. you I was a nerd, guys. I love it. Not, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I love it. If <laughs> That's a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> if you could date a superhero, who <laughs> would it be? It's Wonder Woman. We all know. It's <laughs> we all know. All right, who has the best origin story? The best origin story. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to some, some obscure stuff. So <laughs> I like that. No, I like that. Uh, you know, I kind of like... I kind of like Captain America's, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the reason why is because since he started so scrawny and wanted to really do it and get, you know, wanted to serve the country and wanted to be that hero and that sort of thing, and he was given that opportunity and he mm-hmm. really went after it. Um, I'm sure there's other ones I could think of too, but. Well, there's the, there's the scene in the movie where he throws the dummy grenade and everybody bails and he, he, jumps, he jumps on, on it. it. Which I think is probably, I, th- I think that's probably, I think the most telling scene of that whole movie other than that, it ends with a great Tommy Lee Jones joke, but it, <laughs> he's like he's still skinny, um, right? I love Tommy Lee Jones, he's but, so brilliant. Um, but that that I think I think that moment where he he jumps on the grenade is so telling of where his character like where his his character's character lies. Yeah, his ethos, like you could just yeah. I think that's I think that's what really spoke to me. I mean, I obviously love Iron Man, and I love there's so many characters that I really enjoy, but right. But um, yeah, I, I just love that unwavering loyalty and and just wanting to save everybody. I love that. What, uh, <laughs> this is a good one. Okay. What regular profession would your favorite superhero be good at? What regular profession? Yeah. Uh, man, I don't know. You got one off the top of your head? Uh, well, who's your favorite superhero? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. Gosh, that's a good question. Well, let's go with Captain America. Okay, sure. We'll just, yeah, we'll stick it to the, yeah. Well, what's something you could totally see Steve Rogers just, just killing it out. Yeah. Uh, I could see him being like an NFL quarterback. Yeah. To be honest with you, I oh. mean, I know that's not much of a profession, but you could do it. <laughs> see, me personally, I go to. I bet he would be a. I bet he would run like the best diner in town. The best diner. I bet he would. I bet that dude is a whiz on the grill. Really? Just just flipping burgers and. Well, he's totally like the stereotypical, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, he's 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 America. It's America. It's yeah. A, favorite line in Endgame. That is America's ass. <laughs> I don't know. See, my, my, my favorite character, see, mine is always, everyone always asks me, like, who's my favorite superhero? I have to say, I mean, other than Batman, because um, I'm a massive Batman fan. Sure. I've got like five different Batman guys over there. And, oh, yeah. Um, but my, my, my other favorite is this character named John Constantine, who's this like... Oh, Constantine's phenomenal. That oh. movie with Keanu... Do you oh, like the movie? Oh, so good. Yeah, right? Every underrated when, in my opinion. When it came out, everybody crapped on it because he's he's not British and he's not blonde. But that movie is so good. He was perfect for that. I mean, that is like that 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 movie was made for Keanu Reeves's cadence and everything and else. And I and the guy who plays him on TV, Matt Ryan, like is like he is he is to that character what what Robert Downey Jr. has been to Tony Stark. Um, and uh, what what I love about that Constantine movie is that they based it on probably one of the the best. Uh, runs of that series which is where he the whole run is he gets lung cancer and basically 
BS is the devil into curing his cancer by accident. I'm kind of like, that is awesome. Right? Yeah. No, it was phenomenal. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, he's my, he's always been one of my favorite characters just because he's just such a different kind of character. And, and well, he's kind of an anti hero in some ways because he's just such much. a, you know, he's a, he's a cluster he's, of a guy. He's a, he's a, he's not a nice guy. He's no. a, he's a jerk. But what, well, but what's cool about him is is the way he's written. So like the way he's been written is unlike other comic book characters. Like he ages in real time. Yeah, like they 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 establish what is what his age is in the comics, and they've aged him in real time. And and it's he's one of those characters. Like it, it's 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 a series that's dealt with things like addiction, suicide, uh, sexuality, things like that. It's because it, it was it was part of that line of DC comics where they were kind of going more of the adult edgier stuff, but. Um, He's the kind of guy, you know, he's this chain-smoking, smart-aleck British guy, but it's like... See, I didn't know he was British. Yeah, the character was originally British, but, like, we think about his... He's like like, like if Sherlock Holmes and Harry Potter had a baby. Um, (laughs) Like a bastard child? Yeah, something like that. (laughs) Um, But it's like, I always wonder, like, I bet he would just, like... I, don't know, I, I bet he. I bet he would like just 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 kill it like uh, working like like as an orderly like at an old folks home, and just like being straight being straight with the with with the older with the older people who were there you know yeah. not BSing them but also like making them laugh and and because because they're because he's not you know jerking them around or anything like that and just he's probably like slipping them slipping them good stuff under the table like here's here's a couple cookies you know, like don't, don't tell anybody that kind of thing. It's really amazing when you can get, especially in a movie like that, where you can get a, um, well, and you obviously have the comic as a background, but where yeah. you can get a character that you just, you can really latch onto and just, they, they, they develop them so well. Mm-hmm. One of my all-time favorite, I mean, I know this is a sidebar, but one of my all-time favorites is Ellen Ripley from That's Aliens. great. I mean, not the original, I mean, the original Alien was good, but in my opinion, like, Aliens is the, is the pedestal that all other action movies, so sci-fi, good. try to reach. Because they managed to get you to care about every single one of those Marines mm. and her just her just tough. Game over, man. Game <laughs> Bill, over. Bill Paxton, man. Uh, Rest in peace. God, he was so good. I know. I love that his hometown did. Uh, they lit, they lit up the um, like the city lights like in a pattern the night that he died. So that it spelled a BP oh, really? for, for planes that were flying for for when they were flying his body back home. Oh, yeah. So that when it flew over, there was they could see that from the airplane. God, he was so good. He had so many memorable. Ca- his character in True Lies still makes me laugh. That used car salesman in True Lies. Oh, man. A lot of inappropriate stuff. Can't say the lines here, but yeah, nope. it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Oh, I love it. It's yeah. I aliens is I just rewatched like all of the the alien movies um even the bad ones there were some <sighs> bad ones there's unfortunately several bad ones yeah there was there was like two maybe three good ones and the re- alien three is bad alien resurrection is yeah okay ron perlman whatever it's fine <laughs> well and unfortunately like those prometheus ones that came out in the last yeah. couple of years like they tried they try and you know the second prometheus one actually had a little bit of that aliens vibe like the mm-hmm. james cameron type of vibe but God, it was so dark and just like, eh. Honestly, like I, I've seen Prometheus twice. I couldn't tell you a thing that happens. It's so it's convoluted. Also, it's just it's just so long and drawn out, and I it, to the point where I zone out and I just <laughs> stop paying attention. Yeah, and I'm like, let me let me know when somebody dies. It's fine. It's, it's fine. <laughs> just let me know. Also, I was with Jurassic Park. I was a huge Jurassic Park fan. Then you get to Jurassic Park three, and it's like, well, after the first ten minutes, nobody dies. 
I didn't like the new Jurassic Parks. The Jurassic Worlds with, no. with Chris Pratt, really? You didn't like I, them at all? I didn't like them, like, in comparison to, like, because I feel, you know, it's going to happen. You know, yeah. people are going to be overindulged. They're going to have these big parks. And they're, mm. Like, the original one was so good with the music and the, the, the messaging and the themes. Like, it was just so yeah. great. And I know that that's very Spielberg type, but. It is. Well, a couple years ago, so 2019, um, Travis, the the engineer at work, he and I, he and I hang out a lot, and we went. They were doing a 25th anniversary screening at uh, at the theater over oh, by the. God, it has been more than 25 years. Yeah, it's, it's, I, which I when when I heard that, I was like, oh, oh I'm old. Yeah. Oh god. Um, or I guess it would have been 2018 because it was 93 when that came out. But uh, I hate that I can just pull it I'm off the top of my head. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we went and saw. It, so we went and saw it like on the big screen, and like I was amazed at how good it still looked. Right. Like the special effects and all of that. Well, and what I was, they didn't use a lot back then. It was, it was like the T-Rex was like half animatronic, half CGI. And there was like two scenes where it looked a little, looked a little bit, but for the most part, I was like, this still looks like just as good as I remember it on the big screen. And it was so crazy. And I think it helped too, that they had great actors that they got involved mm-hmm. in it. So it kind of, it added to the realism of the whole situation, despite how ridiculous the whole, you know, the whole idea is just having those good actors like Sam Neill and Laurie Dern and, Obviously, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum. You can still get. I love that Target with these with these Funko Pop figures has one. It's a Target exclusive, and it's 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 Jeff Goldblum shirt open laying on his side. Oh, really? His <laughs> they do not do yes, they? They really? do. I, I they keep selling out of them. I keep trying to get one for my mom because my mom has like the biggest crush on Jeff Goldblum. What was that? Was that the Fly? Was that from the Fly? <laughs> no, it was, it was from Jurassic Park. It's after he gets his leg mangled and he's the rest. Oh, it of is the in movie. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he he looks good in the Fly. He was that was back when he was you know in shape and 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 not. I love Jeff Goldblum, but he is weird now. He's, he's always, he's always, he's always been weird, but like he's got this show on Disney plus called the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Oh, I've not seen that. If you, you've got to watch it. Cause it's like, like the first episode is just him just getting super into the sneaker industry. Like, and like, like also like, you know, the guys who like the, the sneaker trade shows and will like, you know, sell their collections for like $28,000. And then oh, wow. goes like the, to the Adidas headquarters. But what's funny is like a, how super interested in everything he is. He thinks everything is awesome, but also like there'll be like little transition graphics on the screen and he'll be describing them as, as they have. And he'll be like, and now I think we're going to transition to the next scene. There should be like some squiggly lines over here and some waves over here. And that's what's happening on screen. And I'm like, this is, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. Yeah, I got to check that out. Now that WandaVision's done, I got to have a new show. I know. Well, in about a week and a half, they got Falcon and Winter Soldier dropping. Oh, is that when it's going to drop? Same day as Zack Snyder's director's cut of Justice League on HBO uh, Max. I have no... I, uh, no interest? No. Well, you know, the, <laughs> I just feel like other than Wonder Woman, they kind of screwed up that whole thing. Like, it was too moody and too dark, and it's just... I, I have so many mixed feelings on it. Like, I'm the biggest defender of all those, but I'm also just a big Zack Snyder fan, so... Well, and I and I agree. I think he's brilliant. I, I think the problem is that after the Christopher Nolan Batmans, you, you can't... Yeah. Like, good luck trying to top that. Like, yeah. you know, Robert Pattinson might do a good job on that, that prequel, but... I don't know, man. That's good. it does, but it's it's so hard. Like, cause Nolan mm. nailed it, especially the Dark Knight. So. Oh, it's so good that movie. I still will never forget that, that. That's the movie that changed the Oscars. I mean, it, yeah, because because it, it wasn't nominated for Best Picture, and everybody was it like, should have been. And the re, I guess the reason it wasn't is because at the time they only allowed five Best Picture nominees. Oh, is that? Oh, that's and, right. And voting wise, it placed at number six. 
So the next year they exta- they expanded how many could be oh, nominated. That was the year they did that. That okay. was the year they did because of the Dark Knight. Because everybody was kind of like, "You got to be freaking kidding me!" It was so good. Yeah, I mean, Heath Ledger won the Oscar for that. I still think, even though I think he deserved it, I don't think he would have won if he hadn't passed away. I think that helped. Yeah, yeah. it did. But God, he was good in that. Yeah. I didn't even recognize him. You remember when he got cast, and we're all like, "You can't talk really? Jack Nicholson." Come on, yeah. You're getting the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You to go be <laughs> That's exactly Joker? what like, I was come like. Come on, all right, sure, right, cool. And then I remember that first shot, and I was just kind of like, okay. "Oh, all right, you have all my right. attention." All right, <laughs> <laughs> but it's been—I mean, people had the same reaction when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. Everyone was like, "Really." Yeah. Okay. And then, like, he next thing you know, the guy gains like a hundred pounds of muscle, and you're like, "Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> cool." The thing that's crazy about Christian Bale as Batman is that I felt like he got usurped in every movie by somebody else. Like, as good yeah. of an actor as he is, he it never felt like he was the star in any of those movies that he. No. Made. It felt like the other actors. Those those movies never felt like Batman's movies. Like it was no. like Dark Knight was Joker's movie. Mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns was. Bane's movie. And, yeah. And even like Batman Begins was, I mean, I guess it was, but it wasn't. Um, but Liam Neeson. Yeah. You can't put Liam Neeson in a movie and not expect him to outact everybody in What's the movie. What was his name? Roger Ghoul? Ross Al Ghoul. Ross yeah. Ghoul, yeah. Like I was watching the Flash TV show for for a while and like you cast Tom Cavanaugh and Jesse L. Martin as supporting characters. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to out, they're going to act circles around all these freaking 25 year olds who are in this TV show. So it, yeah, but no, you're right. Yeah, it always felt like, like I like Christian Bale's Batman, but like he was never. He wasn't like the singular foot. And maybe that's a credit to the movie making itself. Maybe that's yeah. how they wanted to do it. But I feel like the Batman should be the, yeah, you know, the central point. But he never really was. It didn't seem like it anyway. Right. That's why I'm really curious to see what, what they do with this Robert Pattinson one. Because I, I like everybody involved in it. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just, it's, it's a. You know, like most people, when they heard Robert Pattinson, of course, everybody was like, you're the Twilight guy. And I'm like, he's he's done so many things since he did, Twilight. He did Harry Potter. He did Harry <laughs> Potter. <laughs> my daughter watched Goblet of Fire the other day. Uh, and I was like, oh, my God, look at Robert Pattinson. He looks like a baby. And he's, yeah. And then he then he dies and comes back as a sparkly vampire the next year. Isn't that fun? Yeah. But like he's been killing it like in the in like the in, like a lot of indie films and stuff like in the British circuit. And he did this movie with with Willem Dafoe. Two years ago, the called the, the, oh my, that movie's bizarre, but really good. Um, so I'm 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 optimistic, and uh, it's just, but you know, you can have the best cast in the world, the movie can still suck. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Well, hopefully they release movies again in the theaters here sometime. Yeah, because that because that one was supposed to come out this year, and now it's not coming out till next year. So, oh wow. Well, they kept having they kept having to cancel sh- shooting because people kept getting COVID, <laughs> including Robert Pattinson. Just terrible. Just terrible. Uh, I know. Speaking of which, uh, which superhero has the best hideout? The, oh, the Batman. I mean, is there even a question there? Yeah, no. Do any of them even do any? I mean, Tony Stark's got a pretty good hideout. Don't get right. me wrong, but the thing blew up. Like the Batman with the cave, and yeah, like, nobody like, knows where it is. Superman's got the Fortress of Solitude. I'm like, cool. He's got a. He's got an. He's got a really big igloo. He's got a bunch of phallic things. Yeah, uh, yes. no, good for you. you know? <laughs> Crystals and ice. Cool. I bet it gets. Really cold there. Yeah, it looks really comfortable. I didn't see any couches. I didn't see any, like, televisions or anything to, like, hang out or a fridge, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess Wonder Woman's got Wonder Woman's got an invisible jet. Does cool. She? How does she know when she where she parks it? I she mean. has an invisible jet? Yeah. Does, does that come out in this new movie? I can't say. Okay, I haven't seen it. Okay, I, I need to say. see it. I don't have HBO Max. Um, It's fine. 
It's fine. It's, the HBO Max is great. The movie, it's it's fine. Okay. It's, it's a movie. It's tough to top that first one. Yeah. First one was really good. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. This is the perfect one to end on with okay. you. All right. Who is your dream superhero to interview? Ooh. Dream superhero to interview. Man, that's a good question. Um, I think the person who would be the most interesting would be Tony Stark. Okay. Just because he's so smart and just so... Um, I think it would just be entertaining to interview because mm. he'd probably tell me I'm a moron the entire time. <laughs> like how much beneath me. Uh, just as far as like, as far as like, tell me about your adventures that you've had. Mm. Um, boy, let me see. I think it'd be pretty cool to interview like Captain Marvel mm. just because you don't, none of us really know. I mean, outside of reading the comics, like the kind of adventures she's been on, like going around to all the different planets and stuff like that. Mm. So I think that would be kind of interesting to hear about all the different, you know, races of people and that sort of thing. She's like a space cop kind of thing. Basically. So you got to kind of wonder like, like what is she seeing? Same with like Green Lanterns. Like you're like the space beat cop. It's like, what kind of crap have you had to? Yeah. What have you dealt with? What have you seen? Like, I love that line in Endgame where they're like, well, where were you? She's like, you might not realize this, but there's a million other planets with the issues that are going on, too. Like, that don't have you guys. That don't have Avengers. <laughs> that was a great, I, I really like did like that line. That was perfect. Because because that was a question where it was like, where where's she been this whole time? It was like, busy? Well, yeah, it's a big universe. Because so. that, that would happen in all the, like, when, in, Thor, in Thor 2 after the Avengers, mm-hmm. and he's taken on these this thing in England, everyone's like, how come Iron Man's not getting involved? It's like, I don't know. He's got his own stuff going on. It's- yeah, like they're all busy with other stuff. <laughs> I do wonder that sometimes, like, gosh, you know, why don't they team up on these other adventures? But it's like, well, they got, you know, other stuff going on, I guess. And then we got Thor Ragnarok, which was... That was a trip. Just Speaking of Jeff Goldblum. Great. I, I loved him in that movie so much. He was I, perfectly cast. I want a whole movie of just him. <laughs> <laughs> he was so great. <laughs> Who would you interview, though? I would... God, see, see Captain Marvel's... I would probably interview either Green, Green Lantern for the same reason, because that that like that interstellar space cop thing. Yeah. Um, or, honestly, I'd want to interview Ra's al Ghul, because he's lived a thousand years. Has he really? See, I didn't that, realize that. that. That's his whole thing in the comics, is that, like, in, in the movie, they had it where, like, Ra's al Ghul was, like, a title mm-hmm. that got passed on. In the comics... It's that he found this thing called a la- called the Lazarus Pit, and that he would basically bathe in it, and it would just put him back into his, into his peak physical form. And every time he did it, he'd lose some of his humanity. Oh, really? Which is kind of what made him kind of go nuts. But um, that's his whole thing: is that he's, that he's allegedly lived for like like two thousand years. Wow. Like he talks about like being around, like you know, like at the time of like Sodom and Gomorrah, and you know, being there. You know, when during Western expansion and things like that. Oh, see, that would have been fascinating. They would have brought that into yeah. the Batman movie. I think the reason they didn't, I guess Chris Nolan was trying to keep everything like grounded in reality, reality. which was cool. But at the same time, like, I'm like, I, I like the idea of the immortal dude, though. That's pretty cool, too. Yeah, because they didn't have any, you're right, in those Batman movies, they never had any like super Mm-mm. powered, you know. Like, even Bane, Bane's whole thing was he was just jacked and on painkillers. Yeah. <laughs> which, which, some damn good painkillers. <laughs> Shout out Tom Hardy. My goodness. Oh, I love Tom Hardy so Man, much. Tough guy. I, he's a guy who almost didn't have a career because of Star Trek. Oh, I forgot he was in Because he was, he was in that, and he was counting on that to be like his big, huge kickoff, and then that movie tanked at the box office, and I guess he thought that... 
Well, same with Paul Bettany playing playing Vision. Oh yeah. After Iron Man three, um, his agent basically told him like they're not going to use Jarvis anymore, and his agent basically told him like his career was over. He didn't have any other offers, and he was like at home like trying to figure out what he's going to do. And then he got a call back. They're kind of like, hey, do you do, do, do you want to be Vision? And there he was like, yes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Jennifer, is it okay if I do that? Yes, it is. You know, it, speaking of Jennifer, if you, if you saw the first Spider Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. So the 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 lady computer voice in his helmet is Jennifer Connelly. Shut up. Which I'm like, that is fantastic that they got Paul Bettany's wife. wife to be Lady Jarvis. Oh, that's that is phenomenal. Fantastic. That is really good. I love I love stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam, it has been an absolute blast getting to sit and talk with you. And, oh, thanks. And and hang out and and get to know you on a more personal and professional level. Um, going forward for you mm-hmm. with, with everything with, with broadcasting and being a date in 24 seven. Now, what are you hoping to see happen? Like, like, like what, what's, I like to ask everybody kind of like, what's that, what's that, that end game goal up on the pedestal for you? For me? Yeah. I mean, I think if you'd asked me 10 years ago, it would be Minneapolis cause that's where my family lives. Um, but you know, life changes, especially when you have kids and everything else. I mean, we love it here. I mean, it would take, it would take a lot to leave. Um, it would take, you know, I can't even imagine right now. I mean, I, I really do love living here. You know, we have a great life. We're very lucky. And, and, um, you know, I think the end game is to be determined. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to stay here as long as we can. Um, you never say forever, obviously, because the TV business is fickle and things change in a hurry. But, um, I think we'd like to stay here as long as possible. I'd like it if you did, because it's a non-answer, but it's an answer. No, that's a great answer to have. (laughs) It's, it's, it's better than what I usually get. I'm usually get a lot of like, I don't know. I kind of want to like get a Netflix special. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I would take a Netflix special. I'm not talented enough for that, but no, it's, um, you know, I, I, I try to stay in my lane. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) Like I was, like, I was, I always wonder like, do you, like, do you watch guys like, like Trevor Noah and John Oliver and think like, I could do that. <laughs> oh no, no. I mean, I'm not funny. Like I, yeah. you know, I could get, you know, maybe a few jokes here and there, but yeah. I stay in my lane. I know I'm not like super funny. Like I, I feel like I can, you know, have conversations and that sort of thing, but I would need some of the best writers probably around <laughs> to get oh, me man. to be funny. <laughs> uh, we, we, we tried doing that. We try, we tried doing like a late night talk show uh, thing and like just, just write it. Like just doing like one episode a month. Like, Writing, writing enough jokes for just one monthly episode was brutal. I'm and sure. it was there was ten comedians working together, and we can. And, and I'm like, and you got Kimmel doing this nightly. Yeah, like I can't. And sometimes they miss, obviously, with the yeah. jokes, but still, it's it's a lot. It's hard. Yeah, you have to admire them. Mm-hmm. So no, I just stick to copy. Just stick to uh, stick copy news yeah. of the day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hopefully, hopefully you stick around for for quite a bit because because we love having you here and. um you know, Dayton 24, you definitely become, I mean, one of those recognizable faces for, for Dayton 24. So oh, thank you. Been here. And, uh, um, you know, I remember when you first came, I remember when you first came on, <laughs> I remember when you first started here <laughs> oh, about half a decade ago. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was, you know, sometimes you see new anchors come, especially cause you were coming from, from out of market. Yeah. 
And uh, so there's always that effort. It, it, it's not like when when Megan moved from days to nights. It's like, well, we knew Megan. We, mm-hmm. we, you know, so it was like, who 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 the hell's this guy? Yeah, he's and got a huge head. And <laughs> head. <laughs> that dude's shoulders are broad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, you, you you took to it right away, and I mean, like the the, the on air chemistry you've had both with with Deb and and now with Megan has been fantastic. And, oh, good. And um. No, I mean, we. Every I remember everybody was was immediately impressed when you first came on, and it's it's great that you're still that you're still with us, and hopefully stay oh. with us for a while longer. Well, that's incredibly kind of you to say. And uh, thank you for coming on and and mm-hmm. and and hanging out at my house and 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 being on my podcast. I really <laughs> appreciate it. It's uh, fun. It's fun to be interviewed. I'm always usually the one doing the interviewing, so it's, it's actually really fun. It's weird when you're on the other side of it, isn't it? It is. It is. I need to appreciate that fact more. <laughs> it's <yeah>. like <laughs> a lot more. Next time you're talking to somebody, you can be kind of like, "Oh man, well, I should get pod decks." <laughs> I should get pod decks for my when I'm interviewing the mayor. I'd be like, I was on a podcast recently. I know what it means. I know what it feels like. It's very scary. I get it. I feel you. Uh, so if people felt so inclined, uh, is there is there an online presence they can follow you around at? Sure. I mean, just look for just look for me. Um, Adam, last name A-A-R-O. It's a hard thing because people call me Aaron all the time, and it's like, I get it. My last name, if you had an end to it, it says Aaron, right? Every time I tried to type that we were having you on the show, I kept accidentally putting an N at the end. And I was like, I've known the guy five years. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it happens. So, yeah, Adam, A-A-R-O. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram. Instagram is more family stuff. It's not really news-related, but uh, Twitter definitely is, and so is um, uh, Facebook. So Awesome. And then you are the co-anchor. Monday through Friday, 6, 6.30, 10, and 11. Yep, on ABC and Fox here in Dayton. Man, busy. It's, yeah, it's something. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Adam. Really appreciate it. Thank you for uh, having me. And, uh, guys, thank you so much for those of you who were watching. And uh, if you are listening to this on the replay, as always, we will do one of these every month. Uh, we do them uh, live to the to the patrons through Patreon on uh, the first Monday of the month. And then we will drop them for everybody on the last Friday of the month. And, of course, this was sponsored and brought to you by Poddex. Make sure you go to poddex.com. Use code TBL10 to get 10% off your uh, purchase at checkout. And until next time, guys, we will uh, talk to everybody later. Uh, As always, live well, rock on, take care, and bye-bye.